Hey folks, welcome back to the Culture Jack podcast and our continuing E3 2021 coverage. Now this is going to be my probably my last podcast episode on the topic. I, we've we've done so many. We've gone through uh, Nintendo and Xbox and Gearbox and the Summer Games Fest uh, kickoff and Tribeca and Guerrilla Collective and the Wholesome Direct and the Ubisoft for like we've done very nearly all of them. There's just a couple more that I wanted to talk about really quick that I wanted to make sure that we had on our plate. Were you interested in what went on there? And again, wanted that snack size portion of E3 that is delivered in these episodes as opposed to sitting down and maybe watching an hour-long showcase, you know, just to get instead uh, four or five games. And that's exactly what, what we've got with some of this stuff that I'm going to be talking about in this episode today. And so specifically on this episode today, we're going to talk about the E3 2021 Square Enix Showcase. Also, a little bit about Bandai Namco and Capcom as well. And again, a lot of these presentations, and I've heard many other commentators talking about it. I've heard many other personalities talking about how you don't need to have a showcase for everything. Like everything doesn't need to have its, its own full one hour, two hour long event. You could just tack some stuff on onto a different showcase, onto one of the bigger showcases. There were also some personalities talking about E3 2021 in general and the digital nature of the event. And if there are not the big AAA games that were supposed to happen or, or that are missing from the showcase entirely, then make the event a one-day event. Smash everything in. Because I can't think of how many times I was shown, I was force-fed the same exact trailer or the same exact game in multiple showcases. And I was like, okay, this again, I can save five minutes of my life. Oh, no, the developers are going to talk about it? Okay, I can save 12 minutes of my life. Oh, there's going to be some commentary on it by the, by the hosts? All right, I can save another whole 15 minutes of my life by just skipping this game that I've already seen three times in, in three separate showcases. And then, and I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy. It was a, it was a good event. It was not a great event. I talked to Anthony a few days ago too. And we talked about, you know, what we really thought of this E3 2021 of what we thought about the experience. And generally speaking, and not to speak too out of turn, uh, we both kind of thought it was just okay. Like, it wasn't great. It wasn't show-stopping. Really, there were a couple showcases that did really, really well. But on the whole, a majority of them just kind of flipped and flopped. All right, so we're going to get into this uh, Square Enix showcase. And Square Enix, unfortunately, they had to, to follow up on the Microsoft and Bethesda showcase. So they came after that showcase. What a tough act to follow, if I'm going to be honest with you. So... Uh, they were they were doubly unfortunate because, you know, Microsoft had Bethesda in their belt this year too, so they had a a gushing. Their cup did overflow overfloweth. 
is there, my cup does spilleth over. Their cup did spilleth over. That's the saying. That's how it goes. And that's how I changed it to fit into Microsoft. Oh, by the way, on the Microsoft and Bethesda front, for those of you that watched the Microsoft and Bethesda showcase and Mr. Peter Hines got an opportunity to present, what was he doing with his head? Like he kept looking toward the toward the ceiling. Like I don't I don't know if he was trying to hide something, if he had a secret that he wanted to tell, or if he was just being really cheeky, or if he even realized that he was doing it. But go back and watch that showcase. I even made a TikTok about it where it was just clips of him looking into the sky as he talked about these new games or games that are that are in in development. All right. So Square Enix. Wait, who am I? I'm Dustin. You might be new. You might be new to this podcast. I just in my mind, I think of uh, those couple dozen people that listen to our shows recurrent in a in a recurrent fashion. And I never think for a minute that we're going to have a new listener come aboard. So if you are new to the Culture Jack podcast, welcome aboard. We've got usually five episodes a week that we do between Anthony Archimedes and myself. Uh, And then this time of year, we've Gosh, we've had an episode nearly every day or more than one a day, almost solid for the last last week and a half, nearly two weeks now. Uh, and this is a continuation of that E3 2021 coverage. Okay, now that we've got the formalities out of the way, you know who I am, I know who you are, welcome, well met. Uh, we're going to get on with the games that came with this presentation. The first game was the Guardians of the Galaxy game, and th- this... This trailer was very extended. Like there was a, a, it was a lot of gameplay that they showed. But you are are Peter Quinn, and you are Peter Quinn, who maybe you get you get to sync up attacks with other guardians. Like you saw Drax at one point do a drop kick. You saw uh, Groot spike up, and I think Gamora did a, a sword slash of some kind. Maybe Rocket shot a gun. I don't know what happened, but. It looks like you may be able to pull off some combo moves with this Guardians of the Galaxy game. And from what I have heard from about this Guardians of the Galaxy game, it looks like it is a single-player experience, like a story-driven game. And it also looks like it was very heavily reliant on the steps forward that the Avengers game made. You know, the Avengers game, the game as a service that everyone absolutely loathes because it was so it was a shell of a game and then all of the all of the heroes looked weird because they were not their MCU versions of themselves they were what well, you you feel like are knockoffs of the character even though there's been many many different iterations of that character in the comic books there's just a mental disconnect with seeing them in motion and seeing them voiced that you're like okay well that's not Chris Pratt, obviously. That's not Robert Downey Jr. I don't even know. I don't even know what you guys are doing here. Uh, so they got the tone right of the game. It looks like I'm glad to see that it's a single player experience. That it's not one of these games as a service. Although I'm sure it will be marketed as such, and there will be DLC for this game. They did get the tone of the Guardians right, though, and so. Although it is it is disconcerting seeing someone that's not Zoe Saldana uh, playing Gamora, basically. I, I, I don't know. Maybe she does voice her, but her face is different. You know, it's not Batista. Rocket the Raccoon, even, though he's a computer-animated character, and they're not borrowing the light, likeness from anyone else. If they took the MCU Rocket, 
they could certainly use him in this property, unless there's some weird licensing deal that wants him to stay separate. I'm going on a bird walk now. I apologize. That's coming out October 26th of this year. Uh, and it led me to the question, you know, is Square Enix trying to build a Marvel video game universe? Are these stories important to each other? Because, of course, we've got uh, the Spider-Man games, uh, the Miles Morales game, and then the uh, original Spider-Man game. Was there a sequel to Spider-Man besides Miles Morales yet? Or is it coming soon? I'm, I'm sure they're going to continue making those games. Uh, are these stories important to each other? Will I, yes, probably be able to play Guardians of the Galaxy through and enjoy the game and go, that was a good game. But at the end, will I get an end teaser that uh, Kamala Khan shows up and goes, hey, guys, we need your help on Earth? Or something along those lines. Looks like there's also going to be a remaster of the original Final Fantasy. Uh, what what one was that? There's an oh, okay, that's a different one. Uh, a remaster also of Legend of Mana coming out on June 24th. So just in a couple days now. If I mean, if that's your cup of tea, I never played the original game, and it looks like a fine game. It looks like a fine remaster. Unfortunately, my gaming hours are so limited the way it is, I have to decide whether I want to get another 10 levels in Fortnite or play a beloved classic. I think you know what the answer is. Marvel's Avengers, uh, they did give some more information on that game. They're, it's like they're trying to breathe life back into this dead horse. It is almost universally loathed, and I, I myself didn't subscribe to the game, didn't get the game based on the exclusivity deals that they had. Like, the base game was getting a Spider-Man character, but only if you bought it on the PlayStation. And longtime listeners of this show know that I am an Xbox boy, and so I would not get to play as Spider-Man in this Avengers game. And so, I mean, that's real, real shitty for me, for one, because... I don't get to I, I don't I don't get to play this game with Spider-Man. Two, it's shitty for the PlayStation owners as well cuz yeah, they get to play as Spider-Man. But if you think about that, if the Spider-Man content is not necessary for the Xbox players, that means it's not actually necessary for the game. So he is not going to have any real important parts in that game. And so I, I just disagreed with the whole thing on its face, and now it seems like they're trying to bring it back. They've got membership types. They've got new characters. They've got a bunch more DLC that they announced. Uh, I think they, they included a Wakanda, uh, a Wakanda DLC. Hawkeye is now in the game. There's a, a roadmap. It is the worst kind of games as a service. Just a very obvious cash grab. I don't know. Black Panther War for Wakanda is what it was called. Uh, then they talked about some mobile games that they're coming out with. Uh, Hitman Sniper The Shadows is coming out in 2021. Near Reincarnation. Uh, Brave Exvius Editions are coming out as well. And then Final Fantasy VII The Brave Soldier. <sighs> Look, I, I know how I've been these last couple episodes as I've been talking about these games. I know how I have gone, oh, this game looks like garbage, this game's not for me, this showcase was trash, and I don't typically mean to be such a, a negative fella, 
But when I see things like just the just the endless bombardment of Final Fantasy lore that is being frankly thrown away on the the cellular telephone on the mobile device platforms, I just can't help but think, you know, Square, what are you what are you doing? They also showcased a game called Babylon's Fall. It, it looks like it's a MMO type of game, perhaps. Uh, Life is Strange remastered, and the new one in the series, Life is Strange True Colors. So we just talked about that on the Nintendo showcase. Obviously, they are. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be out on all consoles. And like I said, I do have an interest in that game. It looks interesting, but it's not. I don't know one that I need to play immediately. There's a lot of good games out here, and Anthony and myself will talk about that. We're gonna do a show recap at some point here. And then there was Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, and that's coming out in 2022. It says it's a new vision for Final Fantasy, and I don't know if that means it's a reboot of the franchise entirely. I'm not as familiar enough with the original Final Fantasy uh, or the original, I guess, probably couple of games as as I should be in order to know, just based on what I saw here at this presentation, whether... This is actually a reboot of the franchise. I do know that the man in the trailer really wanted to kill chaos. I mean, (laughs) out of all of the presentations, out of all of the things that we saw, the the man that wants to kill chaos. Is this the castle that chaos is in? I heard chaos was here. I am the agent. I am the I am the ruler with the chaos. It was the most Japanese thing that I saw during all of E3 this year. So I've got to go kill, kill chaos. And that was it. I mean, that was the showcase. There was not a lot to this Square Enix showcase, which is a shame because Square Enix, and and don't get me wrong, these games look good. They look like polished games. The Guardians of the Galaxy looks, looks great. All of these remakes and remasters that they're doing, The Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin looks interesting as well. It's just, yeah, Square Enix would have been a showcase that five years ago, ten years ago, I would have gotten really, really excited for. But unfortunately, I before I even started the showcase up, before I even watched the showcase, I knew that it wasn't going to be the showcase that I wanted to see. I, I, I just knew there wasn't anything that was going to get me super hyped up in the showcase. I don't know. I don't know how I knew there was a lot of Final Fantasy in the showcase. And, you know, granted, besides the couple of mobile games that I talked about earlier, Final Fantasy is usually a at least timed exclusive on the PlayStation platform. So why not just add the majority of your Final Fantasy stuff, the majority of your PlayStation stuff or or game stuff, Square Enix, to the PlayStation showcase. And I know we don't we don't know when that showcase is going to be yet. It's probably going to be sometime soon. This is the season for it. And if and if Sony doesn't answer for that Xbox Bethesda showcase, they're gonna be in a world of hurt come December. No, they're not. They're doing fine. <laughs> I mean, except they can't make PlayStation fives, but Microsoft can't make Xbox Series X's either. So it's a standstill. It's a draw, even though I think five's probably sold more. That will change soon. As an Xbox fan, let me tell you, <laughs> can you hear? Can you hear? Can you feel 
the desperation in my voice. Uh, but yeah, Final Fantasy is usually like a timed exclusive at the very least on the PlayStation. And we didn't get any any other information on Final Fantasy 16. You, you would have thought that they would have trotted some more of that stuff out. However, Final Fantasy games like 16, the big one like 15, the big, big one like the Final Fantasy 7 remake. How many years did we go without hearing anything about those games before they were eventually released and showcased in a more meaningful way? It just would have been nice to see see something a little bit more out of Square Enix here. And the other couple showcases I watched, <clears throat> now, there wasn't much coming out of those ones. I mean, between Bandai and Capcom, there were probably about four games total. So, like I said, not very much. At Capcom, they said they were working on DLC for Resident Evil 8, plus a multiplayer uh Resident Evil Verse or RE Verse. So it's it's reverse, basically. Uh, it's like a multiplayer thing that was supposed to release with number eight, but they gave a little update on that. They talked a little bit more about Monster Hunter Stories 2, which we talked about in our Nintendo recap, coming out July 9th on Nintendo Switch. And they, you know, talked about their updates and their DLC and their roadmap that they, that they <laughs> wanted to include with that. There was... Some more footage from the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, which Anthony just mentioned as a winner in the E3 Awards. I think it was a, he mentioned it as a winner. Otherwise, he just he was just talking about it. Uh, it's coming out this July on Nintendo Switch, uh, PlayStation, and Windows. This one I'm really looking forward to. And I believe, if my information is correct, this is a game that <laughs> it historically has only been released in Japan. So, like, we haven't gotten this game, or at least we haven't gotten this game on a major platform like this. We may have gotten it on a Nintendo DS or some other mobile-type platform. Uh, but I'm really excited. You get to solve mysteries. You get to go kind of pick your evidence out, make your case, and then state your case in front of a, a judge or a jury or both, and the characters are anime characters, so they take that same bravado, they say, take that same grandeur and just ridiculousness that is found in Japanese anime cartoons, and they inject it into a court-based, evidence-gathering, mystery-solving, guilty-not-guilty kind of game. And it just looks bananas. I am so excited about it. And I've never played one of these before, so I, it may disappoint me. But I'm going to get the whole family together in the room. We're going to put this in the in the dock. And we're going to get it right up on the TV. And we're all going to solve this case together. I hope, I hope there's a multiplayer aspect where one of you gets to take the place of the defender and one the place of the prosecutor. I, I think that would be amazing. And I would love to face off. I, I bet I could build a great court case as an anime attorney. All right. Uh, Capcom Pro Tour is uh, the only other thing that they talked about. This was the last thing that they talked about. Esports. 
uh, this Capcom Pro Tour is coming back after COVID. I guess it was canceled last year. Looks like a Street Fighter tournament from what I can tell. And each tournament has a $5,000 first prize, which to me seems low. I know I've heard of these other tournaments that have had like $500,000 cash prizes, whether it's a, a Fortnite tournament that's got, you know, 250, 500,000, 750k uh, grand prize. I think there was a, a couple that had a million dollar purses at the end of it, and that's on the maybe like the single entrant fee, but what about the teams? I know the teams have have great big purses too. I know esports is getting more and more popularized. I know more and more people are participating in esports tournaments and the like. But w is it is it ever going to see the same kind of prominence that a regular sporting event like a football, a basketball, a baseball, or you know, if you're somewhere else like a, a cricket or a I guess football again, but not American football for our international listeners. I know, I know, I'm so Americanized. I when I say football, I mean yeah, throwy ball. And then when you say football, you mean kicky ball. That's just how it goes. Um, but I don't know. Like, there's something about it I can't put my finger on. I tried to watch a couple of uh, esports Overwatch matches. And the thing about Overwatch, when you're playing it, it's first person. You can only see a limited view. When I was watching these esports matches for Overwatch, these characters were so good. Or these, these gamers, these... Uh, I guess athletes you'd call them were so good that you couldn't really keep up with what was going on. And I guess in, in real sports at the professional level, you can't really as well. You can't see the, the small minute details that make up a great play or a great uh, motion or pass or, or shot or, or the like, but it, it just, it was so fast paced. It was so chaotic and hectic. And the announcers even seemed like they were struggling to get a hold of what was going on. It just, it loses something when you take the controller out of my hands and just put it on the screen. Now, that is not to say that watching someone play games cannot be entertaining. There are many, many YouTubers, streamers, online entertainers that have added their own personal commentary to that game. But in that, you just, you kind of take on the proxy of that character, that internet personality. And it's like you're playing the game as well, but with their very funny or very enlightened style of uh, commentary along with it. Yeah, I just don't know about esports. I, I don't know if it's if it's ever going to get to that level just because it's not a, a human you're watching. You're watching a, a team roll across the stage in League of Legends or in Rocket League or maybe in a <laughs> maybe in a digital sports game. Are we ever going to get to the point? And this is way beyond the E3 2021 conversation. Are we ever going to get to a point where esports for professional sports games, we'll say a baseball game, MLB The Show 2021, becomes so popularized that people watch an esports event for that sports game? I mean, that's like some inception level, meta level, fourth wall breaking shit where are we ever going to watch a sports game in an esports event that we could just watch on television instead that will become more popular i don't think so i don't think so but maybe maybe it's these old antiquated ideas that will never get me 
that esports partnership. <laughs> Although you could hire me. I could be an announcer for esports, even though I just said I don't know what's going on. Damn it, I just gave myself away. That was it for the, the Capcom showcase. Not much there. Four things. You think that was the least populated showcase? You'd be wrong. There was only one thing in the Bandai Namco showcase this year. Only one game. I know I have dogged on some of the other showcases. I know I just dogged on Capcom for being a little light in the in the pants on their on their game. They weren't weren't really bringing anything to the table, but this Bandai Namco showcase, one game. This takes the cake. This is amazing. But the game that they showcased did look pretty cool. It's called House of Ashes. Apparently, it is part of a series of games called the Dark Pictures Anthology. And it is coming out October 22nd. It's like a horror game. It looked really, really cool. Uh, looked like there was some... Uh, I'm trying to remember the game. Like they, they fell... They were in the desert. They were fighting a war. And the ground opened up like a sinkhole of some some kind and they fell into this great big giant statue's mouth and when they went in there you know they were trying to figure out where they were for one you know they they survived the fall but someone was injured and there's something down there with them some beastie some creature down there with them it looked really cool like a re it was a cinematic trailer but it was really interesting looking now I don't know if showing just one game at your showcase, maybe that's like a power move to get the audience to care about your game the most. Hey, here's Bandai Namco, guys. Everyone tune in. All right, the Bandai Namco Showcase. Here it comes. And we've got for you, pay attention, everyone, House of Ashes. I mean, because like I watched some of the other showcases and I couldn't remember all of the games that were shown. Even the Xbox Bethesda Showcase, which I enjoyed thoroughly, I can't remember all of the games that were shown there. And there was only like 27 games, 30 games that were shown. So maybe this is the move. Maybe Bandai Namco is onto something here. Uh, I didn't watch the Warner Brothers showcase, but apparently they went, you know, took a deep dive on the, the back for blood. You know, the, uh, <laughs> the spiritual successor for Left 4 Dead, because I guess it's not a Left 4 Dead sequel, but apparently it has some uh, PVP or, or player versus player aspects to it. That is coming out October 12th. I also missed the PC gaming show and the future game show, but I went over, I found a list, uh, a recap for those shows, and I didn't, I didn't really see anything that popped out at me. And I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if it's that I didn't see anything pop out at me or I am just so thoroughly uh, burned out with all of this E3 coverage and already thinking of different ways to do it for next year. And so I just was like, well, I'm not even going to bother. I did look over the titles and there was nothing at least that I recognized there. I, and I also probably missed uh, another few smaller showcases. And though this is the last recap episode on E3 2021 that I am going to be doing, uh, we will still be covering those showcases as they pop up through the rest of June into July into August even. I think that's getting us closer to Gamescom territory and then Game Awards at the end of the end of the year. But if I did miss something, 
that you wanted to see from uh, these conferences or you wanted to get my opinion on a game that, you know, it's three sequels in and it's just truly one of your most beloved and favorite games that you've ever played, just let me know. We'll go back. We'll we'll talk about this in one of our other other shows. We've got, like I said, typically five shows a week, Monday Madness. We've got uh, currently on today's episodes on Wednesday with Loki. Then we've got the Culture Jack News Desk on Thursday, the, the Friday show on Friday. Usually on today's episode is on Saturday, but then on Sunday we've got another new show that Anthony does. Like there's a lot that's going on in this podcast. You don't even know. But you can you can let me know. Great segue. Listen, if there's any any sponsors out there that want to sponsor Culture Janked, did you see that segue? I could segue into your into your ad really easy. Like just just talk to me. Send me send me an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. Uh, you can also send us a comment on Facebook or Twitter at Culture Jacked. You can get leave us a comment on any one of these streaming platforms that we stream on. I mean, we're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, we're on iHeartRadio, we're on Apple Podcasts, all of the all those and, and many more. So if you do leave a comment there though, just be advised. We don't really know what all we're on. We we put our podcast on a thing called Acast, which sends it out to a bunch, and I am continually surprised at all of the different streamers that culture jacked appears on but it's a lot and thank you guys for tuning into this episode this e3 2021 coverage uh we'll see you probably tomorrow because we're just we're just doing things non-stop now apparently we just do podcasts every day of the week if not i'll see you back here on wednesday for the third episode of loki recap that's it now i'm ending the show it's done thank you and goodbye